if you don't know what to look for, then you'll kind of go with whatever is the highly recommended option or whatever seems most comfortable. And it may not be the best route for you. And where you could have gotten even more money for whatever that trade-in was uh, for your stuff, you're not getting as much money as you would have hoped. And so unfortunately, you've lost money that you could have gained based on the value of your gear, unfortunately. Welcome to the Video Simplify podcast, where I help you simplify the video creation process to help you reach wider and connect deeper with the people that need you the most. From learning to use your camera to simplifying video strategies to help you grow your brand and share your vision using video. So let's jump right into today's episode. What is up creators? Welcome back to the Video Simplify podcast with me, your hostess, the mostess, Diana Gladney. This week, we're talking about trading in your camera gear. This stresses a lot of people out, especially if you've never done it before. I remember being in that same boat so many years ago, whatever the number might be this day and age. Unfortunately, I did not know all the things that I'm about to be sharing with you in this episode. And so it's a bit more stressful and I think more than it needed to be because it's, I think it's one of those things where if you don't know what to look for, then you'll kind of go with whatever is the highly recommended option or whatever seems most comfortable. And it may not be the best route for you and where you could have gotten even more money for whatever that trade-in was uh, for your stuff, you're not getting as much money as you would have hoped. And so unfortunately, you've lost money that you could have gained based on the value of your gear, unfortunately. Easy fix, and it's very, very simple. Now, could you sell your gear outright? That's usually the best way to get the most money if you're talking about trading up your gear. And I say trading up instead of just you know trading in. Trading in implies you're just gonna maybe get something else you can trade in for whatever, but trade up specifically, I wanted put that in your mind because if you're trading in for something, let's say so we can get something better. So let's improve on what we have. When we are talking about trading in uh, our camera gear, there's a couple of reliable places. Now you can go with whatever highly recommended camera stores, or you could do a few other options. And I'm going to talk about those in a second, but uh, just to touch back on the selling part before I get too far away from that. Yes. Selling gets you the most bang for your buck, but there's sometimes a little bit of a process in that. I don't like using eBay personally. I have once and it went fine, but already immediately, like when I set it up and put my listing out there, put my camera in the whole kit, had somebody send me back something and it obviously seemed very fishy. And it's like, oh, can you, uh, like I'll buy it at this amount or even more money, but um, broke my foot <laughs> and I am at my sister's house instead of mailing it to my uh, house on or the address on the account. Can you mail it to this other address? Okay. Well, even if I've never done something before, I'm pretty good at researching stuff myself um, and going real nitty gritty with it. Scam. Because you have to read the terms and conditions, have to read the rules and stuff like that, which most people don't. And a lot of people that are into scams and all of that they prey on people that don't read the fine print or know what their course for due process is. If something were to happen, they don't have any kind of route to recovery or to cure an issue or whatever. It just they're screwed. And unfortunately, a lot of people fall for that. And they think, oh, I'm trying to be a good person. I'll help you out. No big deal. Well, the problem became, well, if you send them money outside of the platform, if you send them anything someplace else other than letting eBay be the buffer or whatever the case is kind of say the same with PayPal, 
you kind of take it out of their hands because you went against the rules and stuff. So easy thing to say, uh, which I did, I got uh, eBay chat support on directly and asked them. And it was like, yeah, you're spot on. It's a scam or whatever. I'm like, cool. What are some other ones that are common that I need to know about? And so that's a simple question from chat or honestly, YouTube, TikTok, whatever. Everybody usually talks about and shares those things openly. So it's never really a question uh, regarding that. Selling your stuff one-to-one, a little bit different because you have some haggling and stuff um, or people maybe trying to lowball you. I just don't feel like dealing with that. Usually if I'm trading stuff in at a camera store, it's because I want this to be an efficient process. And I just want to know what I'm going with already a re reputable company and organization that I don't mind doing business with again. And it's just simple. It's faster. Is it going to get you the most money? No, selling always will uh, for the most part, but trading in tends to be a, a good number two and a solid number two. Places I like to trade in, camera stores. They're really good. <laughs> you know, those are great. So your B&H photo video, at Arama, K-E-H.com. Um, you may have some local camera stores that also will do trade-ins as well, but then you have the other thing of also thinking about um, the value. And so what I usually will do is see what their process already is online. I don't waste time calling anyone because everybody usually has their stuff listed online, their policies, procedures, or whatever. And so without making a spreadsheet of this stuff, maybe I have a simple post-it note um, or something like that, or notepad, and I'm just kind of keeping up with this one's 15%, this one's 20%, blah, blah, blah. But I'm also going to do and look at my gear, what's the condition it, that it's in, because even if you take care of your stuff, and for as much as my stuff sits on tripods, just the amount of friction that from putting on a camera base plate or a cage or whatever, and you get those little rubs into the camera body, those blemishes depreciate the value of the camera. Cause it's different than if somebody that had it in the box, took it out once and then put it back in the box and it sat on the shelf for a year. And now they're selling it because that's truly in pristine condition versus mine is in, it's still used, but it's still in great or excellent condition, uh, condition or whatever, maybe the ports because they've been used regularly. So I use my cameras almost daily at this point. Then now it's, you know, got a little bit more wiggle to it, maybe more extra stuff, wear and tear on it, whatever. So you look at the rating systems that they have and you look at what your stuff might be value at. And I like to use the ones online that can tell me what the value is already. Because what I don't like is, for example, I uh, was doing a trade-in, possible trade-in with Adorama, which is a good store. I like them, there's nothing wrong with them. But you have to send your stuff in. So box it all up, send it in, and then they evaluate it, which means you don't have your stuff. So unless you have backup stuff that you're not selling or whatever, or you are doing this in two parts, so you have something to create content with or batch record stuff in advance, whatever, because that's a whole aspect of it potentially. But you're not going to have your stuff for about a week or more. So plan on two weeks of not having your gear. And I'm just saying for buffers of trade-in time, deciding, whatever. You send your stuff in. Uh, hopefully you send it in with the intent to go ahead and have them to pay you because then, you know, that's the end of the exchange. But uh, what I didn't like is that I had to actually send it in. What I'd rather get is tell me what the number is. And then if it's a small difference of a 20, 40, 50 buck difference, that's fine. Because sometimes you'll go ahead and eat it just to go ahead and be done with it. If the value of what you rated your gear at, let's say you said it was excellent instead of pristine condition. They was like, well, you said this is in pristine, but we got a few scuff marks on the camera body, blah, blah, blah. So we're going to rate it as excellent. It's going to knock 30 bucks off. It's like, okay, cool. Because that's usually what you can expect difference wise. But I want to know what that number is 
to begin with to see if like it don't matter what the rating in if it's way way too low to begin with adorama requires you to send their stuff your stuff in i don't prefer that keh.com bnh.com and mpb.com are those that i like that will give me the value because now i can just check real quick online and make my decision and so what i found to give or who i found to give you the most value is mpb.com will give you the most money in exchange for the same same gear and then you have keh sometimes it's between those two and put everything in both of the systems or all the systems that you're doing to see what each individual itemized gear would be and the total amounts so that you're not doing one thing at a time just do the whole shebang if you're doing bundles of stuff and a pro tip of getting the most money is to do a bundle if you have a camera, sell it with the lens, sell it with all the accessories. Uh, that's why it's good sometimes to get the cameras with the kit lens, even if you never plan to use it, because you can have something to sell it with, increase the value, and you get more if you ever sell it or do a trade-in, simply if it has a kit lens. Doesn't matter if it's a great lens, just having a lens with it adds the additional value, um, and usually less than what it will cost uh, at that point. So once you have the value of everything with the accessories and all that stuff, what I find most of the time, unless that gear is relatively new, you're not going to get the most money uh, going with B&H photo video. They're a great story. Again, I like using, like doing business with all of these companies, but just when it comes to trading up your gear, uh, unfortunately, it's like if it's been a couple years or whatever, and if that thing is not in demand anymore for real, um, say, for example, is your Canon M50s, because that's, I think, one of the last things I checked on their site. I take that back. It's uh, my Sony a6600. And it's like, it, for them, it could be $500 for something. And you say, oh, that's good, whatever, for a price of whatever something costs. And then if I go to a site like KEH, then that thing is now $900. And I'm like, that's a big difference in how much money I would have lost if not comparing these, you know, various platforms. And so now I have B&H and I'm like, well, you're out because you offer the least in this back and forth um, with everything included quality ratings, whatever, or even I'll jump it up to, because sometimes what you'll have is if you send your stuff in, they'll say you rated it lower quality than what we would actually rate it in. And so we're going to give you more money for this because, and this is all the, all of these uh, stores will do this. And they said, well, you rated it at like a seven out of 10. We're actually going to rate this at a nine out of 10 because it's really in great quality. So we're going to give you X amount of money more to meet that, that value level. And it's like, okay, great. Even if I knock something up, to even higher just to see what it would be if it doesn't outprice that then i'm moving on and so now now i'll go over to mpb.com and so it's like between kh and mpb and that's usually who i work with when it comes to trading in and trading up stuff i'm gonna say trading in trading up interchangeably throughout this episode and so now i'm looking at what is the value for all of this stuff over at keh what is the value for all this stuff over at mpb and I'm just looking to see, they said $900, it may be $1,350 over here at MPB. And so I'm like, whoa, that's even better. Cause now we had $500 at B&H, $900 at KEH and $1,350 over here. Let's just say it's one item for the sake of the example. Then I'm like, yeah, obviously I'm going with the $1,350. Well, then you're looking at what's the trade-in process and they all for the most part have the same thing. You get your quote. 
you confirm that you actually want to do the deal. I think usually for anywhere from like 15 to 30 days, this quote will stay good for. So your rates are locked in, which is why it's good to do these values at the same time. So it doesn't matter who you go with, you have that rate locked in. And then you decide if you want to actually proceed and move forward or not. And if you do, then you mail all your stuff in. I personally, because I've had issues with, what was it? I think it was like FedEx. I think it knows. I think it was UPS this particular time. Whoever, shady people at Shady Acres, <laughs> decided that, and again, everybody, if you work in shipping and stuff like that, no different if we work in bank, you recognize certain trends and stuff like that. You see it is going to Canon USA. You see it's going to Sony USA or, you know what I'm saying? Like certain camera stores or that they usually have electronics equipment and stuff like that. People get their B&H packages stole or people get their, it's like just people like get their Amazon packages stole, but the variety is way more vast and price could be up and down with Amazon versus with B&H is usually something expensive unless it's an accessory or whatever, but it's usually still something higher quality, more expensive because it's a camera store. So they recognize these addresses and labels, camera store names on there. And so somebody took the camera that I was getting back for a repair from Canon. Uh, and it's like, oh, it was accidentally in the employee area at whatever drop off something. I'm like, yeah, give me my stuff. Cause I traced it down immediately. I was watching it all day at work. <laughs> and so you gotta be careful. But what wind up happening, which was a good thing, is that in everything that I'm doing, one, take pictures of your gear, take the full scope up, down, side, up, whatever stuff, all that stuff. So you know the ins and the outs of the way, not in your memory the way something looked, but how it actually looks on camera. Save those files to like a Dropbox or Google Drive, a serial number, have that number saved, take pictures of that number as well on that gear, and then write that on a piece of paper and put all that stuff in a the box. They will usually give you two pieces of paper, which is usually one for the packaging label um, that needs to go on the outside or whatever. If it's batteries included, they'll usually give you something for that. And then also putting on the inside of the box, something that should say, this is what the order number, the invoice, whatever, this is what all is associated with the stuff that should be in this box. So when people open it, they know, cause they're not reading the outside of the box and all that. And sometimes they'll even recommend you write that number on the outside of the box. So if something happens with the label, which it does, no matter how well you tape it, because people, shady acres, write it on the box. So let's simple sharp your work. And so the other thing uh, with that is I'll put in that serial number, all those itemized list of things, whatever it is I'm, I'm trading in, put that in the box too, and take a picture of it, of your stuff, the gear and the paper on top of the gear and the other paper, take a picture of that stuff. Because that is what saved me when I had to go and travel down to UPS and share with them all the details of the stuff. And then all of a sudden, miraculously, the next day it got found when the couple days prior to they couldn't or whatever, they just, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can always tell when somebody's being shady involved in it, speak with, I think I spoke to the, um, one of being the lady that was like running the whole facility and stuff. And she's like, you got all your documentation, all the paperwork we would want. Cause I read terms and conditions, how I do business with all these companies. I'm a nerd. <laughs> it makes sense. And so, um, she's like, you got all the things we would need for that. She's like, I'm going to find it. And sure enough, she did track down the driver, the truck, the stuff, the reports, the wind, the times and all of this. And then was like, no, it's at this store. Go get your stuff. And wind up dropping it off to a drop-off facility that I never agreed to or never suggested, but sometimes they may do. And then they say, oh, I was in the, in the employee area at a Walgreens or something. 
give me my stuff, turkeys. <laughs> and so all that stuff helped me in doing that. But then also your records are solid. And so do that. Is a little bit of extra work? Yes, but not much. And this is stuff you're simply taking on your phone. Okay. So you have that stuff, you have it saved. Now, when you send in your gear, they actually will go through and see what you rated your stuff to make sure that it meets those demands of, of what you commanded the price to be. You said it was in pristine condition versus excellent condition versus great condition. And then whatever other ones that they may list, right? You said it was in pristine because you're like, oh, it's been sitting on the tripod, but you, you're not paying attention to the blemishes, the scratches, the, you know, the rubs where the paint's coming off or whatever for the things. And they're like, no, we tested all this stuff and we're looking at it. We're going to drop that down about $40 uh, and it's going to be valued at the excellent instead of pristine condition. Um, and that'll make the difference. And they'll ask you, do you want to proceed with this? Because if you don't or you disagree with the value, you can always get your stuff back. And it doesn't have to be take it all or leave it. You can just say, no, give me X, Y, Z thing back because maybe, you know, you want to keep it. You don't want to sell it anymore. So when you send it your stuff, they actually value it. And I've never had a problem where I've rated something and they were trying to rip me off and be like, no, it's actually in the worst condition or whatever the case is. Most of the time, what I find is that I'm, I've usually rated it too low. And they're like, no, this is actually way better than you thought. Uh, we're rating this higher, so we're giving you more money. Which again, this is why I do business with these companies, because they're trustworthy, reliable, and I like honesty. <laughs> it just makes sense in good business practice. Then now, how long does it take for you to get paid? Here's where trading in is better than just selling your stuff. Cause most people will sell their stuff. They want the money. And then they're like, well, then I will go and buy the stuff. Usually what I try to do is same way I did with the ZBE one, which is I caught this one used when I was trading in my gear because camera value and camera gear continue, continues to depreciate over time consistently. Camera bodies always will. Lenses have a higher value. Microphones like the Shure SM7B will always, you know, retain its value and stuff. Unless it's just really beat up to hell or you mess something up on the inside or whatever. But stuff like that holds its value really well. Most things do, but camera bodies don't. Because uh, it's always new ones coming out like every year or every two years for sure. So they're constantly depreciating. And I about had that cycle memorized now of where stuff is in the depreciation cycle. Well, unfortunately, if you wait too late, you're not going to get as much money as you think. I don't care who you go to still do the comparison so you can see who's going to give you the most, but you're not going to get as much as you think that you're going to get. And that's unfortunate because sometimes you wait too long to trade in. If you know, like waiting a year, sometimes is not helpful. Waiting six months or three months is sometimes not helpful. I was having this conversation with a friend and we both had Sony cameras. And I'm like, if you're going to sell it, sell it now. Because again, I have the cycle memorized. I know where stuff is depending on where, where it came out, what the value is, and if the value for that is high versus it being low. A value high opportunity would have been obviously during COVID where you had a lot of people looking for Sony cameras. Didn't matter how old it was, if it fit within a certain model range. Because simply because they had good autofocus, uh, it looked great straight out of the camera and clean HDMI out. Then they needed it for this kind of a podcast-like setup. And they could be great on a tripod, stuff like that. Um, now, unfortunately, uh, you have where stuff is leveled out. So you're not going to get as much. And I say unfortunately, which is still a good thing. But, you know, COVID's kind of over. That that season of COVID is over. Where we're on complete lockdown and all that. Most people kind of have stuff, uh, camera gear now. Or they're looking for it. And that's fine. But 
right now, it just makes sense for you to trade it in sometimes ahead of the curve. So right now we're in a buying season. You can get your stuff for a good value right now, but trading in becomes better because they know more people want to buy stuff and people are going to be wanting to buy more stuff used. And so you still can win around this time. But it's kind of like after Thanksgiving Day sales and all that cycle and stuff like that. Same, it's a, it's a similar type thing in the camera industry and space. So when you trade in your stuff and you're getting the value back, here's how you get additional money on top of that. Most camera stores have where you get an extra 10 or 15% if you trade with them instead of selling your gear. Selling your gear, let's say it's 900 bucks, but if you trade it in now, maybe let's say it jumps to 1200, you know, or whatever the case is, whatever the percentage differences per store might be. But I'm just saying it can be a, a large enough difference when the amount is higher, simply because you're trading in business with them, they're going to get to sell you something or in exchange for it. There is the issue where there are people that have concerns of quote unquote losing money on a trade in um, or in selling your gear, which that really doesn't exist for most people or it shouldn't. And here's what I mean. If you bought a camera at a thousand dollars, you made five grand off of that camera, let's say within the first 90 days. If you sold that camera for $700, you did not lose any money. That $300 is not gonna kill you. You didn't lose any money. Now, when I talked about before in making the difference of trading, and it's like somebody's selling you something too high versus too low. It's kind of that same thing of like, if you're gonna trade it in, let's get the best bang for our buck. This is essentially it. You're not going to buy something at $1,000, turn around five years later and sell it for $950, and it's like, oh, it's only a $50 difference. Rarely ever happens, if ever, especially for camera bodies. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> so if you buy it at $1,000, you made five grand off of it, you've made more than your money. Not only did you hit the black, so you made your $1,000 back already, but you also are now in the surplus. You're hitting the greens of making more than what that camera actually costs. An investment should yield a return. If you got the return based off that gear, did it give you more opportunities? Did it give you more money? Did it give you um, more money as far as in getting you more clients? Did it give, you know what I'm saying? Like did it increase your efficiencies? Did it help you be more effective with your gear? It did its job. You got the value of the thousand dollars already. Even if it simply made you more efficient so that you could do more and get access to those things, you made your money back. You've got the value of the, the, the gear already. So selling it is not a loss. And a lot of people get this stuck in their mind. It's like, I bought it at this much. I don't want to lose that much money on it. What, even if I bought something at a thousand and sold it for 500, because maybe you had it for a long time, you got more than your money back for the value of the thing. What somebody buy it as at or what you're able to trade it in at is based on the market value for where that's at in that season. Waiting longer, it's just going to continue to depreciating, depreciate over time. So unless it's something that holds its value well over time, like a lens, like a microphone, like something that's more expensive, you're not going to get apples to apples with that. So squash that out your mind. I don't know where that even comes from, but just squash that out your mind. Okay.
<clears throat> so now when you trade in your stuff, you can get even more. Now, here's the other pro tip that I like here. A lot of us content creators online that are teaching about videos and cameras and all this stuff, we do business not only personally with these companies, but a lot of time we have partnerships with these companies. And so we may get an extra 10 or 15 or 20% in addition to whatever you are already going to get for the trade-in value that's better than what the store may natively have. And you'll find this a lot of times to be true. So what I'd like to do is go and look to see, number one, whose creators that I'm getting value from, um, that I'm learning from, that you know I'm getting a lot of value out, there, out of their stuff. And I'll usually try to click on their links to not only make the purchase or transactions, but also see what their deal is. If I'm clicking on one person's link or whatever, then I'll see if somebody else, you know, has a, a deal or discount, whatever. I was trying to combine and like spread the wealth, if you will. And so usually somebody has a code around something. So for example, I think it's keh.com. Jason Vong, for example, was recently, I've seen he did a partnership with them. Emily Mallory, she's another person I love to watch, a really cool and fun creator. She's done a, a partnership recently with mpb.com. And I think Tony and Chelsea Northup have like an ongoing relationship with like Adorama and KEH. And so between, you know, various creators or whatever, it's like usually it's like you can get an extra 15% on top of whatever the trade-in value is when you use promo code X. So I'll go put that promo code in and now you boost the value even more simply. And you also support somebody else that's, you know, giving value to you as well. So I love to do that uh, anytime that I can. So I like to add all these things up. So now here's a little pro tip that I learned in this recent trade-in with MPB specifically. Um, I'm not sure about if this is the way with the other camera stores, but um, look into it, read the fine print. What I found though, I did not like the amount of time that it would take for me to get paid and then for me to get, like it would take too long and everybody has different stuff. Some people do same day. I even went to uh, KEH before, traded in my A6600, took a day trip to Atlanta, got to go see the store, got to see the back and all this other stuff is really cool. And then sold the camera, get paid same day, like literally within two hours or something like that. Not two hours at the camera store, it just maybe took an hour to something that's when I saw it was like within two hours maybe if that by the time I was on the plane I was already paid to go back home <laughs> so take that for what you will what I liked about B&H they're fairly quick as well they'll usually pay you all these people through PayPal whatever or I think they may even can cut you a check depending but what I like that I found about MPB is that if you do a trade-in instead of a sale and you buy something because you're not just trading it in for store credit or whatever, but you're buying something from the store, it makes your process cut down almost by like, it feels like a week. So instead of something taking five to seven business days, it takes one to two business days for them to get your gear in, evaluate it, give you your quote and say, hey, we're offering this amount based on what you valued it at. And or here's the differences between the gear, if we found any discrepancies, whatever. And here's what we're offering. You decide if you want to take that or leave it. And then if you do, then you usually get paid like again within one or two business days. And so I'm factoring in if I mail it in by X date, when am I going to get, when are they going to get it? When, am, uh, how long is it going to take to get it reviewed and evaluated? Cause that's a process as well for all of these stores. And then how long is it going to take for me to get paid in these transactions? Cause I like to hurry up and get this stuff done. And so well, what was funny was thankfully 
this ZVE1 popped up randomly because I was going to go um, buy it at a different camera store that had them and it was going to be brand new. And I wanted to get a super deal on that, traded in my APS-C camera stuff. And this one popped up. I said, let me just see if they have one because they didn't for any time that I saw. <laughs> then I looked and I'm like, well, let me just see. And I saw it super early one morning. I'm like, mm. got the serial number. Say, hey, can we try to change the sale to a trade-in? Um, and then I'll get that. And then I still had a few hundred dollars left. And so I was like, let me get the Tamron 20 millimeter uh, F2.8 lens as well. And uh, I think that was all that I got. I think I just got those two. So I was looking at other stuff like a tra uh, camera strap that had memory cards, whatever stuff. Sometimes stuff that gets left in a camera or stuff that people actually are getting rid of everything. Um, and so it's just cool to pick stuff up. <laughs> and so, and I was like, what else do I need? I'm like, this is work, this will work. And so got that and still had a little bit left over. And I'm like, this is awesome. Cause I got rid of my stuff, got this brand new camera that was less than 30 days old. And then um, also was able to get a lens with it. And I'm like, good. Cause I more than made my money back on all of the cameras and stuff that I use. And I've more than made the, you know, the money from the stuff that I'm making with the ZV-E10 and the work that I do. And so it's done its job. So if you go into, what was it? Episode 123, where I was talking about um, making sure that like when you look at the gear versus content stuff, it's not a comparison of like, gear doesn't matter. You don't need this, blah, blah, blah. When it does matter, we're doing the comparisons of this and that. Make sure we got our money back within the first 30, 60, 90 days. If I earn my money back, I didn't lose anything. And then anything else on top of that is extra. It's extra. You've more than made your money back. It's an investment. It need, needs to yield a return. You hit the return after you've made your money back. So the planning is how I buy something between 30 and 90 days, depending on how long it is, or if it's a big, big investment or something, six months to a year, maybe. Then as long as I made my money back, like anything else is extra. Anything else is extra. And so it wind up not costing me anything to get the new stuff that I wanted. And I got it at a way better deal than anybody else had at that time anywhere. And it was fantastic. It worked out great. So it wind up really being a trade in, uh, not just a trade in, but a trade up. And so this is where last point of confusion, I think people have and they say, I've invested a lot of money and I get a lot of money is different to all of us. And then some stuff is universally just quote unquote, a lot of money. But when we hear, you know, you'll hear photographers and videographers saying I've invested too much money to trade over to, for example, when I transferred from uh, Canon to Sony, he was like, oh no, oh man, I, I just bought all the, I already bought a bunch of stuff for this. I'm already invested. You know, I've invested too much money to, to go over from here to there. Okay, well, did you make your money back <laughs> at some point? Did you get past green to black? Did you, or did you get past black to green? You've made your money back, you hit black. You're in, in an abundance of making money because you have the stuff or whatever, you're in the green. This is not really a conversation at that point. And so when we hear people say, that they're too, like they've invested too much money. Most of the time, what you're hearing, especially when it comes to like the pro level photographers and videographers, they spent tens of thousands of dollars, not a couple, tens of thousands of dollars, $2,000, $3,000, four, even five. Eh. You know what I'm saying? Is it still a lot of money? Yes. But $4,000 is very, like even just as 
keep it even simple, like $2,500. And I'm just saying like camera gear, not your entire setup, not all the cables, accessories, software, all that stuff, just camera and lens. Most of the time, for some lenses, depending on where you're going, if you're trading camera systems, you can use the same lens. You get a $50 adapter with the electronics in it, it still keeps up and works great, you're good to go. Or maybe it's a hundred bucks even. You're good to go. Keep the same lenses then. You know what I'm saying? So you got a hundred dollar accessory that solved that problem. Because um, a lot of people do that just because they they really enjoy the lens and they're not willing to get rid of it. It doesn't matter the brand that it's from. So it don't matter where the camera body goes. They just get an adapter. And there's a lot of pro people that do that as well. So it's like you don't need to necessarily get rid of the lenses. If the entire transition, let's say you spent $3,000 on something or whatever, you make your money back from that. It's like, again, camera bodies, lenses hold their value. You can either sell them at close to what you bought them at, or you can go with something else that's in that same range, earn your money back. It's a real simple, in my mind, it's a very simple equation here. So especially as to what does it make possible at the end of the day, what does it make possible? Because the conversation of, well, gear doesn't matter, but this ain't that conversation. People use that out of context so much, and it is so annoying. <laughs> it's so annoying because uh, people constantly use that in the camera space out of context. Incorrectly. Absolutely incorrectly. So are you being more efficient? I talked about this previous episode about being effective with your gear and being efficient with your gear. Uh, is like, Is it helping you be more efficient? Because sometimes trading up means I get to be more efficient instead of being just having something that maybe it's effective, but it's definitely it's constantly just tanking my efficiency. The higher up that you get, the more business that you're doing, the more goals that you're you're achieving. It becomes more of a hassle because it's less and less efficient in these new environments, not because the gear got worse, but you're in new environments and new scenarios and so it becomes less efficient in those environments. And that's what a lot of people don't understand when they're just haphazardly parroting what somebody else said uh, that actually used it in the right context. So uh, that's what I would suggest when you are going through and you're trading in your stuff. This is how you get the most bang for your buck uh, and the most value for what you're doing when you are trading in your gear and, and accessories and hashtag all the things because uh, it's important to make sure you're getting your money. Most money that you can get, like I said, make your money back already when you buy something, have a plan in place for if you're investing in something. And if you're investing in advance, that's okay too. Cause like I said, let's say it takes six months to a year, you just start, you're learning everything, that's fine. The value then at that point initially is not the money, it's the what it makes possible. Because it's been sometimes where I've invested in something in advance and it more than paid off, more than paid off. But if I was waiting and only calculating based on if it made me my money back financially, I would have lost and lost a ton more opportunities that led to more opportunities. And I would not have the relationships and I would not have done some of the things that I've been able and been blessed to do uh, at this point in my life and in the business as a content creating entrepreneur. So those are things that are, you can't necessarily put a price to because you've not maybe experienced them yet in some scenarios, but I would rather invest early and invest in advance because I believe and have faith in what I'm doing 
and I'm moving, making conscious decisions towards moving towards those goals that is actually going to help me and not hurt, not hurt me, hurt, harm me, <clears throat> excuse me. But that's what I'm going to leave it for this week's episode of the Video Simplified Podcast. If you got value out of this, make sure you leave a rating or review. I love to end all of these episodes. The winds of life blows on us all, but it is how you set your sails. And remember, set your sails accordingly. And with that, guys, a little passion. I'll see you on the next episode of the Video Simplified Podcast. Take care. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, but the value doesn't stop there. For more in-depth trainings, courses, and growing your brand using video, join the Video Simplified community at videosimplified.live.